want a war, you're gonna get one. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. I am the game. Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. I'm not to witness. He has broken it. Rep screwed. Rep. Woo! Rep. 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 We are at war! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Monday Night Warfare Podcast. I'm J.R. Judy, joined by the man with power of attorney, Wade Skaggs. Wade, how you doing? Good reference. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm actually doing pretty bad because I just caught the Rona. But uh, uh. nothing is going to stop me from doing this podcast with you, my friends. So let's get it rolling. Not even the fear of the Dungeon of Doom and a big stinky giant? Oh, I'm afraid. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we welcome you into another episode of the Monday Night Warfare Podcast. It is a Raw versus Nitro week, Wade. We are headed towards two big pay-per-views. But before we get to this week of action, let's check the scoreboard. I've got Nitro ahead 6-2. to two. You've got Nitro ahead 6-1 to one with a tie. You changed the That's rules right. last week and put a That's tie right. in there. Absolutely, so, I did. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, and anything can happen here on the Monday Night Warfare podcast. Um, so we, we've got two big shows this week. This is going to be the the follow-up to a kind of lackluster follow-up show from, from Halloween Havoc for WCW. So hopefully they can kind of rebuild yeah. momentum. And then the WWF, even when WCW had a bad week last week, they didn't have a good week last week on yeah. raw so we're gonna see if both shows can answer back i'm gonna leave it up to you wade raw or nitro this week uh well let's ask the wonder of technology hey siri flip a coin heads is raw it's heads let's do raw all right we're gonna do raw first we're gonna wait we'll have to put his pepe love on hold for just a minute um so let's go to the raw rating. Last week they were down to a 2.1 rating weight, up this week to a 2.6. So that's a, that's a big jump for Raw. Uh, we are still in Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. These matches were taped on October 23rd, 1995. And again, this is the problem with these long tapings of Raw. You're starting to see the crowds die a little bit throughout these weeks. Um, we start off this week's episode of Raw with a recap of last week. Ahmed Johnson makes his debut, body slamming Yokozuna, and then we go to the commentators of Vince McMahon. What the heck is Doc Hendricks doing there? That's the that's what I want to know. Doc Hendricks is on commentary this week. Kill me now. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't bring that giant portrait of himself. Just put yeah. it behind him on commentary. Uh, we kick things off with kind of a, a decently built matchup. Marty Jannetty against the British Bulldog. It's kind of stemming from the last two weeks on Raw. The Bulldog cost Marty Jannetty that battle royal a couple of weeks ago for an intercontinental title shot. And then last week, Marty Jannetty attacked the Bulldog and to try to get some revenge. This one wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that great. So the Bulldog starts the match. Big shoulder block takedown. Marty Jenny avoids a leapfrog and then just pokes the Bulldog in the eye. You're the baby face. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I did like Jenny slides under a boot of the Bulldog. Hits a big enziguri to follow it up. 
Bulldog with a big press slam, drops Marty on the top rope, and then they go to a split screen with your boy Clarence Mason. Big announcer from Clarence Mason. He kind of twisted the arm of Gorilla Monsoon, the WWF president, and we find out December the 17th, in your house season's beatings, the British Bulldog will face the WWF champion, either Diesel or Bret Hart. So that'll be our main event in December. Uh, Marty J with a crucifix roll, only gets a two count, gets right back to his feet, turned inside out with a clothesline. We've watched a lot of WWF in 1995, and there's so many guys who like taking that turned inside out bump on a clothesline. I don't yeah. remember it as a kid, but now I'm seeing it. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. everybody's doing it. Yeah. Uh, Bulldog throws Jay to the floor. Jim Cornette puts the boots to, to Marty Jenny. You got to love Jim Cornette on the outside getting involved. Uh, Marty charges the Bulldog in the corner. Bulldog moves out of the way. Marty gets trapped in the rope in like a really disgusting manner. Like his knee is all contorted. Yeah. Marty fights back, hits Bulldog with an elbow, and then out of nowhere, like a middle rope natural selection. Like, why is it that your finisher? Why isn't the rocker dropper your finisher? No, he likes this top rope fist drop. Goes for the top rope fist drop. Bulldog moves out of the way. Marty with a quick DDT, though. Marty tries to build some offense. Bulldog moves out of the way. Marty crashes into the post. Big running power slam, and the British Bulldog gets the win in 930. Decent win for the number one contender. Well, I guess second in line contender. Yeah. Uh, it was not a bad match, honestly. I think I think Marty is such a great wrestler. Obviously, Bulldog is great. Uh, I thought it was a pretty solid match. I was surprised at how much offense uh, Marty got in. I was expecting it to be a shorter match, just basically showing how great Bulldog is. But uh, Marty looked really good. They announced Marty Jenny is going to be involved in the Survivor Series. And speaking of the Survivor Series, we go to the Washington Monument and fake Bill Clinton is here. Uh, he's talking about how the WWF is great for America and how Bill Clinton is going to be at the Survivor Series. This is not the first time we've seen fake Bill Clinton. Like, he was at WrestleMania 10. Oh, God. Um, they just love using this, this, uh, this Bill Clinton impersonator. Uh, we come back to the arena. Doc Hendricks is interviewing the British Bulldog. Jim Cornette says that Gorilla Monsoon was forced to do what's right in giving the Bulldog another title shot. And then Cornette references the wildcard match and goes, Syracuse will look like a walk in the park for Shawn Michaels if he tries to double-cross the Bulldog. The yep. amount of times they reference this Syracuse mugging. I'm like, Dang. Yeah, I would not have expected them to to talk about it so often. I'm glad they did though. Uh, that but was a, a good line. But it's a it's a recurring crutch, like almost like OJ Simpson was a couple like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, before we go to commercial break, Bret Hart and Hakushi are talking over strategy. This is such a weird team. Yeah. Like, I hate it. Yeah, it's too. Uh, weird. We go we go to commercial break. We get a recap from last weekend on Superstars. Bam Bam Bigelow interrupts Goldust. He says he doesn't know who or what Goldust is, but he's going to challenge Goldust to a match. So that is confirmed as a special attraction matchup for the Survivor Series. Goldust against Bam Bam Bigelow. And then we come back to the arena. We get another special attraction match. It's a pig versus a rhino. It's is that what Henry they called squash matches back in 95? I'm calling it that because Terry Richards is in there. Hello, rhino. Yes, sir. I love rhino yeah. so much, man. You so can it's barely Henry tell God. it's him, too. You can tell if you look at those legs. There is only one human on Earth with those massive tree trunks. Yeah. That's Rhino. Uh, so it's Henry Godwin and Terry Richards, the, uh, the future Rhino. Uh, it, Henry Godwin has a slot bucket back two weeks ago on Superstars. Triple H, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley stole the bucket. And How did he get it back? That, 
I, I, I don't know. He's a, he's a hog farmer. He has a bunch of them. Who cares? Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, it is announced that next week on Raw, Hunter Hearst Helmsley will take on Henry O'Godwin. Rhino starts the matchup off with some offense. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Then he gets hit with a body slam and an elbow, and then here I thought this was interesting. Henry Godwin essentially bulldogged Rhino into the top turnbuckle, which I'd never seen that before. Uh, Henry Godwin hits the slot drop for the win. After the match, Henry Godwin rolls out Rhino to the floor, presumably to hit him with the, to give him a slot drop or hit him with a slop rather. Here comes Triple H from the back, and he hits Henry Godwin with a pedigree on the floor. Triple H puts on his white gloves, grabs the slot bucket. And slops Henry Godwin. Oh, yeah. That darn Greenwich blue blood. Give him a taste of his own medicine. I think, although it was a squash match, I think it, at least this one progressed some storyline. So yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't terrible. And yeah. we got to see Rhino. Yeah, that's always good. Uh, I just don't. Like, this seems like. This is gonna because they always they keep building up that Triple H has an undefeated streak going on. <clears throat> so I'm thinking this might be the time when he loses at the next pay per view. But I'm thinking if that's the case, I don't really want him to lose this because I just don't like that Henry Godwin gimmick. I think he's a good wrestler. I just don't like this the, all these farmer gimmicks. <laughs> you and the farmers. That's the feud of the century right here. Uh, the, the the feud will continue. We'll, we'll continue to monitor Henry Godwin against Triple H. Uh, we go to a commercial for WWF The Arcade Game, and then we go to the WWF Survivor Series Slam Jam this week, hosted by Todd Pettengill. Hey, Todd, how you doing? Uh, it was announced on WWF Mania. This is like the third show on another one of those extra Saturday morning shows. Um, King Mabel has issued a challenge to The Undertaker and has been announced at the Survivor Series. The Undertaker and King Mabel will both captain Survivor Series teams. The Undertaker will captain the dark side. It's The Undertaker, Fatu, Henry Godwin, and Savio Vega. Hello, Bone Street crew. <laughs> Who's team with his friends now, Undertaker? No, I, they're, but uh, they're facing the Royals, which will be King Mabel, Jerry the King Lawler, Triple H, and Isaac Yankum, DDS. So, I mean, at least it makes sense. Like, yeah. for the most part, those eight guys have at least indirectly interacted with each other for a yeah. couple months. So it's not just a random assortment of eight guys. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Paul Bearer with The Undertaker, who's the first time we've seen The Undertaker since he was attacked by Yokozuna and King Mabel. Oh, the Survivor Series! The Survivor Series! How appropriate! My Undertaker leading the dark side against the Royals! Oh, the Royals! You couldn't, you couldn't even stand the sight of his gruesome face! At the Survivor Series, no Royals will survive the wrath of the Undertaker. No Royal will survive. I can't do the Undertaker. I feel like I'm doing the Master. Uh, no Royal will survive Survivor Series, but all Royals will rest in peace. Um, I liked how we get the Undertaker back on camera. We keep the mystique of yeah. what does he look like. Yeah, so. that was a really good decision there. Uh, we also hear from Diesel. His promo is not as entertaining as Paul Bear's, but he says, All right, Brett, we're going to find out who the better man is, and I don't like your odds. <laughs> C- cool. Uh, he didn't rhyme, though. I was very upset he didn't rhyme, and yeah. he wasn't feeling funky. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Doc, Dad Pettin- I'm feeling awfully funky. Todd <laughs> Pettengill also announces next week on Raw, it'll be uh, a Bret Hart and Diesel face-to-face. Next week is going to be the go-home show before the Survivor Series, so they're trying to load up that card um, and really kind of get those last-minute pay-per-view buys. Speaking of buying stuff, Barry Daditsky's at ringside. He's selling 1,000 WWF mad madcaps? Like- well... I guess so. I was going to make a Mad Cat Moss joke, but I can't think of one. They, so. they look like pogs, but like it's it's $21 for a 1000 and you get two golden special ones. and yeah. Just give me the cardboard cutouts that's watching while I sleep. Like, get something good, Barry. <laughs> okay, uh, you're going too far now, friend. I, would you rather pay 21 bucks for a 1000 little pogs or 25 for a cardboard cutout? That depends. I don't remember these things really being a thing back in the day. I could imagine them being like Pokemon cards or something. If that's the case, maybe, but I don't really but remember. But you don't it. get a classic VHS tape with the Pogs. You get it with the cardboard cutout. More Good for point. your money, bro. Good point. <laughs> Our next matchup is the Supreme Fighting Machine, Kama Mustafa, with Ted DiBiase against Tony Roy. I have no idea who Tony Roy is. Uh, we get a replay of Ahmed Johnson slamming Yokozuna again, and it's announced Ahmed Johnson makes his in-ring debut next week on Raw, right before the Survivor Series. It's also announced that Razor Ramon is going to defend the Intercontinental Championship next week on Raw with, quote, special stipulations. We'll get uh, we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, we also get a phone call from Shawn Michaels. During this matchup, Shawn Michaels says it was good to get back in the ring on Friday in Cincinnati. Vince McMahon says Shawn was disoriented in the locker room after the match. Shawn responds with, I'm always a little disoriented. Oh, mid-90s Shawn Michaels, you're so funny. Uh, Shawn Michaels says he's never met Ahmed Johnson, but he's still to have him as a partner. I would too, he's freaking huge. Uh, Sean said at the Survivor Series, we may Shawn, we may see Shawn Michaels get beat up by nine guys again. Stop referencing Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels also says bad luck might as well be his middle name and he can't catch a break unless he makes one for himself. Sean says, and then they talk about the WF title matchup. Sean says he's friends with both Diesel and Brett. Well, that's awkward. Uh, and he can't pick a winner. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm only talking about this, because they didn't talk about the match at all. The match happened in the background. Kama hits yeah. a punch to the face, and that's it. They literally advertised next week's Raw and talked to Shawn Michaels while a match happened. Thanks yep. for coming, Tony Roy. You have any thoughts on, on this glorified promo with a match in the background? Not really, but they really like doing this, man. This happens all what the time. Cluster. You know, at least... Well, I don't know, man. What can we... At least we last time, when Sean, when Sean called in last time, it was during a Dean Douglas match who he was yeah. going to face. Yeah. Shawn Michaels has no connection to the Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking uh, that, yeah. Like, unless they were going to say, yeah, the Million Dollar Corporation paid off the guys in Syracuse, which they don't do that, by the way. So there's no reason uh, for that. That would have um, been a good idea. So then we get the preview for next week on Raw, and we kind of figure out the stipulations for the Intercontinental title matchup next week. It's going to be Razor Ramon against Psycho Sid of the Million Dollar Corporation. Couple of stipulations here, Wayne. The title can change hands on a countout or a disqualification. And maybe more importantly, the special guest referee is the 123 kid. So a lot of moving parts, and this matchup will have a big impact on the Survivor series oh, with yeah. that wild card matchup. Um, we know in the wild card matchup. 
that Razor and Sid are on opposite sides of that matchup. So, a lot of moving parts going into the Survivor Series. And speaking of moving parts, it's time for Milton Bradley's Karate Fighters. It's the Smoking Guns. It's Billy Gunn with Thunderfoot against Bart Gunn with Skull Crusher. Billy defeats Bart. But then Bart challenges him for a rematch, which Bart wins good 50-50 booking. Holy crap. But then the biggest news of the episode. It's announced next week. Vince McMahon against Jerry Lawler and the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. Oh, wow. I told you, these Milton Bradley Karate Fighters get way better. We yeah. got to see the Soapy Wet Cowboys explode, and now we're going to see Vince and Jerry. That's going to be great. Uh, speaking of Jerry Lawler, he's in our main event. Uh, it's Jerry Lawler and his personal dentist, Isaac Yankum, DDS, against Brett the Hitman Hart and Hakushi with Barry Horowitz at ringside. Uh, before the matchup, the Gold Dust fan club now have crowns and are chanting Burger King. These guys are so terrifying. <laughs> Uh, Yankum and Bret Hart start the matchup, continuing their feud. This obviously uh, coming off of the Steel Cage match a couple of weeks ago where Jerry Lawler got the big nosebleed. Uh, Bret Hart gets caught in a bear hug and then bites the dentist. That was kind of ironic. Yep. Uh, Hakushi makes the tag, big flying headbutt. Hakushi with a big handspring elbow to the corner on Yankum. Hakushi with a Bronco Buster on Isaac Yankum, which was kind of cool to see. Bret tags in. And then Doc and Vince are talking about how Bret Hart has shown kind of a mean streak in preparation for this matchup with Diesel. I kind of like that little that little nugget they're throwing in here for this matchup. Uh, Brett takes Isaac down with a big crossbody, gets a two count. Hakushi tries a handspring elbow once again, gets hit in the back of the neck with a clothesline by Isaac Yankum. Uh, Hakushi fights back, big hand or big springboard dropkick to the back of Yankum, goes for a plancha, gets caught and taken into the ring post by Isaac Yankum. Lawler finally tags into this matchup and immediately hits his pile driver. Oh, yeah. But then, but then doesn't go for a cover after his own finishing move. Hits another pile driver on Hakushi. Doesn't go for the pit and then just taunts Bret Hart. And then Isaac Yankum and Jerry Lark just double-team Hakushi. Like, I know. You've, murdered, so, you've murdered this man. That was so dumb, dude. You get Like, nobody's kicking out of two pile drivers, especially not Hakushi. He's not even a main eventer. Like, and he's just, like, talking to the crowd and, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, bruh, if you want to humiliate Bret, have him lose this match. Pinakushi. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Lawler goes to the top row trying to keep the offense going. Goes for a fist drop. Gets caught out of the air by Hakushi. Brett tags in. Takes Isaac Yankum down with a bulldog. We see the Russian leg sweep in the middle row elbow. Brett puts in the sharpshooter. Isaac is tapping out, but Hakushi has the referee mm -hmm. distracted. Jerry Lawler comes in with a chair. And I, it's not a folding chair. Like This is one of those like hard school chairs that would yeah. murder somebody. Oh, yeah. So Barry, Barry Horowitz thankfully makes the save, but the referee sees Barry with the chair and disqualifies Brett and Hakushi. Way to go, Barry. Yeah, good job, Barry. Freaking Barry. Um, the match was okay. I don't yeah. like they keep giving DQ losses to the World oh, Championship yeah. title competitors. Like, they did to Diesel before the Bulldog match. And honestly, like, that match made Every baby face look really, really dumb. Like, yeah. if you're going to make Hakushi and Barry Horowitz look dumb, sure, whatever. But, like, Bret Hart's the number one contender. Yeah. You made him look dumb. And then nobody went after Lawler and yank him after. <laughs> they just let him leave. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Um, so, before we go, 
to the end of the show, they kind of hype up the WWF Tour de Force. I'm only covering this, Wade, because Wednesday on the Tour de Force, the WWF is live in Columbus, Ohio at the Columbus Convention Center. That's right. I, I've wrestled at the Convention Center before. Oh, very nice. I, I don't uh, want to talk about it. So, ooh. I, this I lost. Be... I don't want to talk about it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I was going to ask. You keep talking about it, though, so I don't know. It was, uh, it was this bad. Before the uh, Nationwide Arena existed, so uh, over at the convention center, huh? I never knew they wrestled there. I'm surprised they didn't, like, so, like, with TV tapings, they would do, like, the shot. But, like, yeah. the, I, like the convention center was, was it, it's a decent-sized building. Would you like to know the card from the convention center? Yes, I would. Ten matches happened at the convention center. Uh, Savio Vega defeated Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Fatu defeated the Brooklyn Brawler. Ahmed Johnson over Rad Radford. Bob Backlund wrestled and defeated Bob Holly. Goldust mm. defeated Marty Jannetty. Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Henry Gauntlet in a slot bucket match. Whatever that is. Uh, Isaac Yankum, DDS, defeats Bam Bam Bigelow. Razor Ramon defeated Owen Hart to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Special guest referee for that one was the 1-2-3 Kid. Uh, the WWF Tag Team Champions, the Soapy Wet Cowboys, the Smoking Guns, retain their titles over Kama and Sid, the Million Dollar Corporation. And here's a really weird six-man tag team main event. The team of Bret Hart, Diesel, and Shawn Michaels defeated King Mabel, the British Bulldog, and Yokozuna. Wow, what a match. Here's my thing. Shawn's coming off like head trauma, and you're going to put him in the ring with Mabel and Yoko. Yeah. Hope you don't die. Yeah, taking a leg drop from either one of these guys, especially Yokozuna with those freaking elephant legs, is going to give him another concussion. Yeah, so that was... Um, and then they kind of just like preview next week's Raw, and then we fade to black. My problem with that is when we're previewing Raw, they're showing like preview trailer clips from next week. Go ahead. Tell us you aren't live. The yeah. other show already does it. Like... I hate this thing they do. Yep. Um, the house show would have been fun as a kid. The end of Raw was yeah. not fun. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on Raw before we kind of preview next week and head over to Nitro? I thought it was an overall decent show. Uh, I thought there were some cool things we saw. I love Marty. Uh, you know, the Bill Clinton impersonator. That was something else. <laughs> uh, overall, not a, not a bad show. Not great, but not bad. It was definitely an improvement from last week. And we talked about oh, last yeah. week. Last week, you didn't have Diesel, Brett, Sean, or Taker on the episode. Uh -huh. You at least got to hear from Diesel, hear yeah. from Undertaker, hear from Sean, and see Brett. So, yeah. like, the star power was there more so. Uh, and there's definitely going to be star power next week on Raw. This is the go-home episode for the Survivor Series, Wade. We talked about it. Hunter Hearst Helmsley will go one-on-one -on -one with Henry O'Godwin. King Mabel is in action against Roy Raymond. I got nothing. Uh, Ahmed Johnson makes his in-ring debut against Jake Steele. Jake Steele also wrestled as Big Daddy Hammer. <laughs> I don't know. I've got nothing. Um, the Milton Bradley's Karate Fighter match. Vince McMahon against Jerry Lawler. Uh, Bret Hart and Diesel will go face-to-face -face before the Survivor Series. And the Intercontinental Championship is on the line. Razor against Sid. 1-2-3 Kid is the guest referee. And the title can change hand on a countout or disqualification. Yeah. That's our go-home episode for the Survivor Series. Let's run down the card for the Survivor Series really quick, too, so we can see where we're at. Four matches are officially announced for the Survivor Series right now. 
We have the dark side, which is the Undertaker, Fatu, Henry Gowan, and Savio Vega against the Royals, King Mabel, Jerry Lawler, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and Isaac Yankum, DDS. Gold Dust against Bam Bam Bigelow. The wild card match of Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, the British Bulldog, and Ahmed Johnson against Dean Douglas, Razor Ramon, Yokozuna, and Owen Hart. And a no count out, no disqualification, must be a winner match for the WWF title. Diesel defends against Bret Hart. I'm looking forward to both, like Raw and Survivor Series. There's a there's yeah, a lot me of meat, a lot of meat on the bones for both those episodes. I think oh, for yeah, both those definitely. shows. Yeah. All right, Wade. Are you ready to go see your boy? Are you ready oh, to go I'm, see Pepe? I'm more than ready, my friend. All right. Well, then let's go to WCW Monday Nitro on TNT. Last week, Nitro drew a 2.3 rating, Wade, down to a two rating this week. I'm going to make a controversial adjustment to the scoreboard, though. Uh oh. So last week, the scoreboard was 3 3 2, Raw, Nitro, and Ties. Raw wins this week, so it technically should be 4 3 2. I'm going to take away a point from Raw because we made a boo boo. The, uh -oh. the September 18th episode, we compared Raw versus Nitro, and Raw won that week. Raw was on a Thursday. That's technically not a head to head. Uh huh. So I'm going to retract a point from Raw because I make Ooh. the rules. There's no rules here. Works for uh, me. So it's so it's still three three two in the head to heads. Um, but Nitro, luckily for them, I took the point away because they'd be losing on the ratings. Drop yep. into a two. Nitro has been on a slide the last couple of weeks though. Um, so we'll see if they can they can answer back. Uh, we are in the Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum in Jacksonville, Florida. What else happens in Jacksonville? Anything? I don't know. No, I, don't I can't think of anything. I feel like Jacksonville's one of those cities you hear all the time now. I don't, I don't know. Uh, we get the opening fireworks. We go to the commentator's desk, and it's time for Pepe. Clown Pepe. He's dressed up as a clown this time. Why? And I have no idea. He No, he said, he said why. He is dressed as a clown in honor of Jimmy Hart. Mongo's taking pot shots at people. Through Pepe now. Oh, yeah. I love it, dude. Uh, this week on Nitro is the WCW Interactive Main Event. Let's review how this works, Wade. During Nitro, you can call in 1-900-3703-WCW to determine the main event. From the Red Locker Room, you have the selection of Ric Flair, Ming, Diamond Dallas Page, the Blue Bloods, Big Bubba, Shark, and Scott Norton. In the Blue Locker Room, Sting, the World Television Champion, Johnny B. Bad, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Dave Sullivan, Alex Wright, the Nasty Boys, and JL. Last week, you had voted in Ric Flair against Sting. Eric Bischoff on commentary is really trying to sway the voters to pick Flair versus Sting. Oh, yeah. They like, do this all throughout the night. They 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 want Sting versus Flair. I understand why, but like oh, you yeah. can just you can just rig that yourself. You don't have to make it that obvious. Yeah, it's not like a million people are gonna call in and go, "Give me Scott Norton against JL." <laughs> like, give me Dave Sullivan versus I don't even know who Dave Sullivan is. Oh, we're getting to, we're getting to Dave Sullivan. I got a whole segment for Dave Sullivan just for oh, you. Oh God. Uh, also, it's Evad Sullivan. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff always says, also says, Randy Savage is not medically cleared to wrestle, but he's going crazy backstage. Ca chaos backstage? Ooh. May may maybe? Wait, uh, hold on. Chip? You say Macho Man? Yeah. He's, I thought he was in Venice Beach. He, he flies back. We'll get there, but he flies back. 
He says he flies yeah. back. It's weird. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll get there. This, this, this Nitro episode is a little bit off the wall. Uh, speaking of off the wall, Bobby the Brain Heenan makes his selection for the main event. Uh, he votes Tony Schiavone against Gene Okerlund, and I'm all for it. Me too. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it's WCW Revenge or Backstage Assault, but you can have the announcer, and it's like the most fun. I love oh. wrestling games where you can put the announcers in the game. Yeah. Oh, that'd be uh, great. That's like the old uh, college football games where you could play as the mascots. Did you ever do yes, that? Yes. I love that, dude. So Give that would be great. They should do all the college football games. WWE 2K, get it, get it going. I mean, this year they have. I want to see. Paul I want to see. Uh, yeah, I want to see uh, Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler again. I mean, I don't because we watched it live and it it scarred me for life. Yeah. Uh, speaking of scarring me for life. Our opening matchup, the Giant says he will defend the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, which is technically Hulk Hogan's. Uh, he comes out, well, they play the Dungeon of Doom music, they stop the music, then the Morse code plays. Here comes Cobra to the ring. I guess Cobra's a babyface, he's high-fiving fans, there's our answer. Yeah. Uh, the Giant comes out to the ring wearing the World Heavyweight title. He picks up David Penzer and forces him to announce this match as a WCW World Heavyweight title match. The bell sounds. The Giant chokeslams Cobra. And then the Giant wins. At least Cobra got a world title shot. Yeah, true, 16 true. seconds. God almighty. That's faster than Sheamus and Bryan. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, the Giant is defending the WCW World Heavyweight title, and he defeats Cobra in 16 seconds. We go to the Red That's Locker great. Room with Mean Gene Okerlund. Well, hold up, friend. If you haven't, let me just say, if you haven't seen this, the beginning of the match when the Giant picks up the announcer is the funniest thing ever because I'm, I'm like I'm expecting the announcer to be scared out of his mind. Put me down, put me down. Nope, he's a professional, so he starts announcing anyway. While Giant has him up in the air, he starts. Oh, and this is the giant or whatever. Hilarious, dude. David Penzer is great. Everybody should go just give him respect. I'm pretty sure he has a podcast out. Go listen to his podcast yeah. after ours. Uh, yeah. Also, he's still the voice of Impact Wrestling, so I support it. Uh, now we go to the Red Locker Room. Mean Gene Oakland's in the Red Locker Room. The Blue Bloods are sipping tea and reading a book in the background. Uh, Lord Steven Regal and, and uh, Earl Robert Eaton. While Shark and Scott Norton are fighting. It's great. Uh, in the blue locker room, everybody's yelling. And, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is just standing off to the right, just awkwardly looking down the lens, and I just can't get that image out of my head. Uh, basically, Sting says he wants Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, and Sting is the only one that gets the microphone, too. You notice that? Well, Duggan uh -huh. didn't need the microphone. He just kept yelling. That's, that's true. And he started walking back and forth throughout the frame. That was hilarious to me. He's holding his two by four. He's walking, and then he's walking again across the screen. Then he's walking back. Hilarious. Did you notice that uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Big Bubba Rogers are taping their fists during these? It's a I very don't little detail. So it's a very little detail, and you don't find out about it. It's like a, it's like a WWE Saturday Night thing and a WWE main event thing. Um, the main event before Halloween Havoc when Hacksaw Jim Duggan hit. Uh, VK Wall Street with that tape fist. Big Bubba had come out and hit Craig Pittman with a tape fist. This is all building towards Big Bubba and Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a tape fist match at World War III. I mention that now because it, you're not going to hear about it, and it's a really huh. dumb undercard match. But yeah, bonus content for World War III. Uh, we go to commercial break. We get commercial for World War III. 60, 60 men, three rings, one giant in each ring. And then we go to one of those giants, 
Hulk Hogan has returned to Venice Beach. This is earlier in the day, they say. Uh, Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage are in Venice Beach with the freaks. Uh, he says, Macho Man has come to the dark side. And so that officially the mega powers have reunited and turned evil. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're now coming for the Dungeon of Doom. Macho Man asks Hogan, how much do you have to sacrifice? You've already sacrificed your mustache, your title, and Jimmy Hart. I feel like those aren't the most important things, Macho. He broke his neck twice. Yeah. Uh, Savage says he is going to go to the light side as a secret agent and go to Nitro to find out who friend or foe is. There was a homeless guy making noises. There was a guy on roller skates playing guitar. What the heck was that? I don't know, man. This segment was so wild. I like the guy playing guitar. He was good. But this dude, in the middle of, of Hulk and Macho Man, dude, he's just like, he's talking while they're trying to talk and stuff, and they're like, you know, touching on him and stuff. And then the commentators afterwards talk about him like, who is that guy? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to know. I warned you. It was wild. I warned you that even after Halloween Havoc, that Hogan's promos would not get any better. Yeah. They don't stop being weird until World War Three. Mm. So, just wait, because there's more. Uh, and then we go to a matchup that, on paper, really is a throwaway match, but there isn't a lot of backstory behind it. The Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan with Jimmy Hart against the Renegade. Uh, the Renegade runs in, jumpstarts the matchup with a series of clotheslines to Kevin Sullivan, but Jimmy Hart distracts the Renegade with the megaphone. Kevin Sullivan takes control. Sullivan drops Renegade across the guardrail as Jimmy Hart continues to scream at the Renegade on the microphone, on the megaphone, saying, "You could have been the next Hulk Hogan." Kevin Sullivan double footstop for the middle rope. Renegade lights him up with chops, or sorry, and then lights up the Renegade with chops in the corner. Uh, Kevin Sullivan goes for a slingshot plancha. Renegade gets the knees up. Renegade hits a big power slam and hits the handspring elbow in the corner. He misses another corner attack, gets caught in the tree of woe. Sullivan delivers the knee and the double foot stomp for the win in 247. Serviceable match, but here's where it really gets interesting. After the match, Jimmy Hart comes in, throws water in the face of the Renegade, wipes off the face paint, says, and then he says, you're nothing. You're just plain old Rick. Ooh. Bobby Heenan says he's taken that man's identity. Yeah. This is what I kind of hinted at a couple of weeks ago where there's more to the Renegade story. Um, they deface the Renegade here. Literally. And I think it's ironic that when the Renegade debuted, they teased him as, like, the ultimate warrior was coming, and then he never came. Here in a couple months... The WWF is going to actually bring back the Ultimate Warrior. So, uh-huh. I think it's ironic timing. They're killing off yeah. the, the Renegade. I uh, The funny thing about this, what, what you said was water. On commentary, they said it was beer. And that's what I thought, too. Because he grabs a red Solo cup from somebody in the audience and throws it at Renegade's face. I'm like, whoa, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it might have been, but, you know. They talked about the Japanese contingent during the match. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. I wanted to bring that up. Um, Bobby Heenan was saying that during that matchup that he worked out a deal with Sonny Ono where 30 minutes of WCW Pro will be dedicated to the Japanese wrestlers. Congrats on the fourth most important WCW show. <laughs> like, cool, dude. You're on WCW Pro. Wow. What a, like, Sonny Ono made a bad business deal there. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the red locker room. Shark and Scott Norton are still fine. The lights go out in the locker room. Just uh, like somebody hit the switch 
And Flair just cuts his promo like nothing ever happened. Yep. He basically says, Sting, if you don't like it, do something about it. I love how Ric Flair is in a long sleeve, just no fear shirt and no pants. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not a Ric Flair look at all. Yep. Um, But, yeah, they're really pushing uh, Ric Flair and Sting for our main event. We go to commercial break. We come back. We find out this weekend on Saturday night. Um, this, this, the, the stuff they announced on Saturday night, two thirds of it sucks. Like Arn Anderson against Kurosawa. No, thanks. Yeah, why are they facing each other in the first place? bro? I don't know. Jim Duggan goes to Ireland. The heck is that? But we're going to, we're going to see the debut of Disco Inferno's music video. What? Yeah, buddy. This should be I'm, the main event of Nitro. Forget Saturday yeah, night. I'm going to look that up for sure. I hope they replay it on Saturday night or on Nitro. I hope so too. Uh, we go to our next matchup. It is a hold up, match. my friend. Oh, what I miss now? There's chaos in stage. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying now. My brain is mush right now. Uh, you went over the work, the best line in the entire show. Okay, we talked about this earlier, and now I'm gonna say it now. Uh, before the stuff, before we went to the commercial break, before we go to the locker rooms. Uh, me or in the locker rooms, Mean Gene has the best line of the night. He says, "Bobby the Brain Heenan was the one who put the deal together for the Browns to move to Baltimore." <laughs> I'm looking at a Browns fan right now. So, what do you think about that? Hmm? I am saying that I don't want to bring up bad memories because the Browns have been a disaster since then. Uh-huh. So, I was trying to skive right past that. Here's the hoping oh, that we no. actually have a. Here's the hoping we have a quarterback this year. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's not talk about that right now. This isn't that type of podcast. Join us next week for JR Complains About Football Podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, if we go back to the ring. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. This is a return matchup from a couple of weeks ago. Benoit, really aggressive at the beginning of the matchup. Eric Bischoff mentioned on commentary, these two are trying to gain the attention of the championship committee as we prepare for the debut of the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And as Benoit goes on the offense, we cut to the crowd, Wade. And this is a really interesting crowd shot. Sonny Ono is at the table, eating some catered dinner with four very familiar faces. Masahiro Chono, who is the former NWA world champion and a future IWGP world champion. Masa Saito, who is a former WWF and IWGP tag team champion with Mr. Fuji. Kensuke Sasaki, who is a soon-to-be WCW United States Heavyweight Champion and a five-time IWGP World Champion. And then Jushin Thunder Liger, the WWE Hall of Famer, the WCW Light Heavyweight Champion, and the 11-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion are all sitting in the crowd. I'm just going to say this. That is not the only time you will see those four men. That's all I'm going to say for now. Yes, sir. But all... All four of those men have a big impact in the coming weeks and months in WCW. I'm glad to hear that. This is great, too, because we haven't seen Juice and Thunder Liger since the first version of the uh, first episode of Nitro, so I'm happy to see him again. And uh, we've also, got, you know, we get to see Masa Saito. Kensuke Sasaki becomes a regular for a little bit in WCW. And Masahiro Chono will end up heading up NWO Japan. So, uh, Chono's a, lot, a lot freaking legend, bro. A lot Absolute of, t- legend. Lot of tie-ins. Uh, we yeah, go this back is to awesome. The, 
Back in the ring, Eddie Guerrero with a great springboard arm drag. Hits a tilt roll slam. Takes over control on Benoit. Huge crossbody from Eddie Guerrero all the way to the floor. I love that Eddie Guerrero dive. These early nitros, they have such a great camera angle like up the entranceway for it. Uh, Guerrero plants Benoit with a brain buster. Goes to the top rope. Gets cut off. Benoit with a big superplex. Both men crash hard. Speaking of crashing hard, Benoit drills Guerrero with one of the sickest power bombs I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Guerrero counters the hip toss with a roll the same way he beat Craig Pittman last week. Only gets a two count. Eddie Guerrero counters the kitchen sink knee with a roll up for a two count. I've never seen that smooth counter. A lot of stuff this week on both shows. I'm like, I've never seen guys doing this. And this is 1995. Uh, Benoit with a big bridging German suplex gets a two count. Benoit then suplexes Eddie across the top rope. Benoit suplexes Eddie from the apron back into the ring. Eddie counters, lands on top for the pin, and gets the win. Both of Benoit's feet are under the rope. Who's refing this? A WWF ref? I know. It's like when we saw a couple weeks ago when what's his face his entire right side of his body was under the ropes. Yeah, like, that, what's that was, going that on was, here, man? That was the Dean Douglas finish all over again. They just the wrestler promoters just love this this spots for some reason, dude. Like Whatever, man. I don't know. The the match was good. Yeah. Um, at least it gives us an out where they're like in theory they'd have to do another match. Because I will never yeah. say no to Eddie Guerrero against Chris Benoit. Oh yeah. Uh, so we go back to the blue locker room and they are again forcing the issue of Sting versus Ric Flair. Yep. Sting says he hates Flair and he's gonna leave him for dead. Also, uh, Evad Sullivan has his rabbit. Would you like to hear about Dave Sullivan? I feel like uh, if it involves a rabbit, sure. Oh, the the rabbit's involved. That's his pet rabbit, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, so Dave Sullivan used to be the equalizer in WCW. He was repackaged as Dave Sullivan, the kayfabe brother of Kevin Sullivan. And when Hulk Hogan debuted in 1994, it was found out that Dave Sullivan is the world's biggest Hulkamaniac. Also, Dave is dyslexic. That's why he's Evad. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, the pet rabbit. So. So, Dave Sullivan's angles and storylines were weird. He feuded with Diamond Dallas Page because he uh, he had a crush on Kimberly and he gave her flowers. I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, he also, at one point, had a feud with Big Bubba Rogers. This is where the pet rabbit comes into play. Oh. Uh, because it was determined that Big Bubba was allergic to rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I swear, that's why it came in. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave Sullivan, not much longer for WCW. I believe that uh, World War Three is one of his last appearances. So, mm-hmm. if I didn't get to make at least one reference to Evad Sullivan and his rabbit on this podcast, I would be doing it a disservice. Yep. Um, so many wild up. characters. Is he a magician? Like, that's no, what I, he's just... That's what I thought when I first saw it. I'm like, what, why does this guy have a freaking rabbit? I like it, no. but is he a magician? What's going on here? Well, we get a Wild magician. Stuff goes on we get Nitro. a magician in a year because Fantasia will debut on Night on Raw, uh. and he sucks. Speaking of magicians, hold on, hold on, hold on. If uh. you skip over this, if you skip over no. this advertisement for no. Fall Brawl '95 on VHS available tomorrow, and if you don't go to your local video store and get one, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. Now, pro- now proceed. Magicians. Uh, oh yeah. Talking about wild gimmicks and wild and magicians and stuff, I'm wondering, are we ever going to see Gary Spivey again? <laughs> um, so, update to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, because oh, yeah. 
Um, we didn't talk about that. Either on Saturday night or worldwide or one of those shows before Halloween Havoc, uh, Mr. Wonderful broke his mirror, so he's on a bad luck string. Oh, wow. I would have liked to have seen that. I mean, you do get to see Mr. Wonderful, and I think, I'm pretty sure they drop this, uh, <laughs> this entire angle before World War Three, but like, he is at World War Three, so. Okay. How much longer is he even going to be there? He's there for a while. Like, he's on and oh, off. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's on, he's there for a, for, for a decent amount. Uh, we go back to the commentary desk. Wade, the results are in. The fans have voted. The main event of Nitro will be... Ric Flair versus Sting. Yeah. <laughs> this felt like a presidential election or something during primary season. Oh, who, who are we going to vote for? Who are we going to vote for? Oh, come on, you know. You know. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heaton is drinking sake. That's and I mean, right. he's chugging that thing. Yeah, you don't. You ain't chugging that stuff, man. Uh, Bobby Heenan is. Bobby Heenan's tougher than you. Apparently. All right. Well, I think it's only fitting we go to our WCW Fan Interactive main event. The United States Heavyweight Champion Sting against the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Where the heck is Sting's U.S. Heavyweight title? Bro, I've been wondering that, dude. Like, what's so going on I, here, man? I, I do know the answer. I'm going like to tell you, I'm going to tell you, but I don't know if it gets addressed next week on Nitro. So I don't know if this was taped before. I, there's no info on this, but in the record books, November 13th, which is the next Monday in Japan, WCW had WCW world in Japan, the event sting loses the United States heavyweight title to Kensuke Sasaki. So, I don't know if they had taped it already and Sting just doesn't have the belt or what happened. But as of next week on Nitro, I don't know if they address it because technically, like Sting wrestles on Nitro next week. So, they clearly taped the Japan match. I don't know if they reference it or not, but if they don't, Sting is no longer the U.S. Heavyweight Champion as of next week on Nitro. So... There you go. Uh, also missing is Ric Flair's robe. He just walks to the ring with no robe on. Like, this is a weird, weird beginning of this match. Uh, Sting attacks Flair before he even gets to the ring. Sting the big military press. Big right hands in the corner. Flair goes upside down in the corner. Eats the clothesline. I love that spot. He does it so well. Um, Flair chops Sting on the floor. No effect. Starts begging off. And then Flair suplexes Sting on the floor. But then Sting with a stinger up goes for the stinger splash on the floor. Flair moves. Sting crashes into the guardrail. We come back from commercial. Sting is in he's in peril. Ric Flair in total control. Uh, Flair suplexes Sting. Locks on the figure four leg lock. Flair's using the rose for extra leverage. Sting refuses to quit though. Uh, Sting pulls a Flair to the middle of the ring. He begins the stinger up once again. Turns the figure four, but Flair releases the hold. Sting again, military presses Flair. Crowd is coming alive for Sting. Man, Jacksonville oh, yeah. loves Sting in 1995, and Jacksonville loves Sting in 2022. That's, that's right. That's lasting power right there. <laughs> yes, son. Uh, so then Sting with a big drop kick. I didn't like the drop kick solely because he just had his leg worked over, and he had no issue with that drop kick. Uh, it yeah. was still impressive. Flair pokes him in the eye. Flair off the apron, double axe handle to Sting. Flair tries to run at Sting with a chair out of nowhere. And then Randy Anderson takes the chair. Yep. Uh, on commentary, Bischoff interrupts the match and says, we have a special announcement coming in after this match. Like It took me out of this match for a second 
Yeah. Um, but I'm like, all right, I'm intrigued. Like I knew what it was going in, but I'm like, I'm intrigued. Uh, Flair goes to the top rope, Sting catches, and there's the military press spot everybody loves. Uh, uh-huh. Randy Anderson tries to separate Sting and Flair in the corner. Sting just carries Randy Anderson like a baby to another corner. I love that, dude. I love that. <laughs> uh, this allows Flair to grab the brass knuckles, hit Sting in the face. Flair drops the elbow, only gets a two count. Sting stingers up one more time, press slams for Rick. Big superplex off the top, and it was a superplex. Uh, Scorpion deathlock for the submission win. I could watch Ric Flair and Sting wrestle every day of the week. They never get old. Um, Before we go to the aftermatch shenanigans, I want to talk about two things. One, WCW was right in forcing that match. It's a good TV main event. Crowd was into it. It never gets old. Also, it is 2022. That match was 27 years ago. In literally nine days from when we're recording this, Ric Flair is going to get back into the ring. I know we don't talk about current stuff, but there is no other time to talk about this until after the match. And and we'll probably honestly cover the match for at least a little bit. Because Ric Flair is in his 70s, and he is going to wrestle another match. Yep. I am concerned, but I'm also really intrigued with this build. Yeah, me too. So if you don't know, Ric Flair is going to enter the ring with Andrade El Idolo in a tag team matchup against Jeff Jarrett, that's T, and Jay Lethal in a tag team matchup, and... I mean, they've been putting the work in, like, through podcast and video. And, like, they have been putting in the build for a very on-paper random tag team match. Uh-huh. Thoughts on either the Flair versus Sting match or 73-year-old Flair wrestling? Or both? I uh, I tell you what. You know, Sting, uh, yeah, Rick is, like, 74 or 73, whatever. And Sting is, like, a decade younger. I mean, those two could wrestle each other now. Like, this would have been a great story if that would have been the, the last match if Sting was involved. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Yeah. Actually, by the time this airs, it probably would have happened. But, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Sting versus Flair always is great. Uh, So, yeah. So, after the matchup, let's go back to 1995. Uh, Sting refuses to let go of the hole. Referees come out. They can't get Sting off a rig. JL and Eddie Guerrero pleading with Sting. Refusing to let go of the hold. Here comes Evad Sullivan. Sting refuses to leave. Jim Duggan and Johnny Evad come out. They finally pull Sting off of Ric Flair. Sting breaks free, reapplies the Scorpion Deathlock as Lex Luger makes his way out. Mm-hmm. And then Luger gets in Sting's face, whispers something to his friend. Sting releases the hold, and the two calmly walk out together. Yep. And everybody's shocked by this. All the other wrestlers and stuff, they're like, huh, what's going on here? I have... One gripe, well, kind of two gripes about this whole segment. I like the ending. I like the entry. Yeah. I like the cliffhanger. Me too. I hated how Eric Bischoff kept jumping the gun and blew the surprise. Like, here comes Luger. Wait, Luger held up. Yeah. Luger's stuck. I'm like, yep. shut up. And like, even if Luger missed his cue, I clearly think he did because yeah. Sting let go and then came back. I think yep. Luger missed his cue. But even that, like, Bischoff should just be calling what he sees on the monitor right there. Yeah. Uh huh. Because like, you you blew the surprise of Luger coming out. Yep. But in the end of the day, like, 
you can edit that so it looks good and the visual of just like sting not letting go until luger of the dungeon of doom says something the 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 only thing for sure about sting is nothing's for sure yep uh we go to a commercial break and we come back mean gene okerlund's in the ring with the giant kevin sullivan and jimmy hart who's wielding a contract Jimmy Hart says when Hulk Hogan was in Hollywood making his crappy movies, he was taking care of business because he had Hulk Hogan's power of attorney. Jimmy Hart reveals he signed the contract for Halloween Havoc, but unbeknownst to Hulk Hogan, he slipped in a clause. If Hulk Hogan got disqualified, he would lose the WCW World Heavyweight title, so the Giant is the official World Heavyweight Champion, which means Cobra officially got a world title shot. Uh, Gene Okerlund brings in Nick Lambros, a WCW legal team. Nick says Jimmy Hart is partially right. But he says Giant is no longer the world heavyweight champion. He says Nick Bockwinkle and the championship committee have determined the WCW world heavyweight title is being held up. And now the winner of World War III will become the new WCW world heavyweight champion. We go back to the commentary desk as we wrap up the show. And Heenan says... World War III just became even more dangerous because the title's on the line. Swerve! Yep. Uh, uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, it's very interesting. I think uh, the whole clause thing in the contract, I did not see that coming at all. So back in the day, I would have just been furious. If I was a kid watching this, I would have been so mad. Uh, I think it was great. Uh, yeah, World War III becomes like a must-see now, right? Because like the winner... Not only does the would the winner face the champion, but the winner now is the champion. So we're thinking like, bro, sixty man biggest battle royal ever. Whoever wins is the champion. I gotta see this. Now I think we I think we know uh, who wins already. Uh, I think I know at least. So uh, maybe it'll be a disappointment. But either way, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to World War Three. I really am. Well, we'll get to World War III in just a second. Let's preview next week on Nitro first. Uh, next week on Nitro, the Macho Man Randy Savage against Ming with the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan in his corner. WCW World Television title on the line. Johnny B. Bad against Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Chris Benoit is going to be in action against Kinsuke Sasaki, who is the new U.S. Heavyweight Champion. I don't Again, I don't know if they're going to address this, but Kinsuke Sasaki is not only on Nitro, but he's facing Chris Benoit. Yes, sir. Uh, also, we will see the weirdest Hulk Hogan promo of the Monday Night Warfare podcast yet. Ooh. And and our main event, Sting against Dean Malenko. That's I'm an intriguing so. matchup. I'm really like, next week is going to be great, dude. Raw and, and and Nitro. And next week will be the go home edition before World War Three. All right, since you mentioned it, and you know, there's no rules on the podcast. Let's figure out who's going to win World War III, Wade, and become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Because I have all 60 names. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Please don't. <laughs> if, you start, if you start reading them off, I'm going to turn my computer off. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to know who's in World War III? No. Uh, I, I think... It's actually, I don't... Pez Watley. Yeah, okay. Or Hard Work uh, Bobby Walker. Yeah, it'll be... Uh, Max Muscle. Dave Sullivan. Oh, God. Uh, uh, one I man think, gang. Uh, my pick is the Giant. That's why I said earlier might be disappointing because we're all thinking, like, okay, anybody could win this. 
I'm thinking the Giants are gonna come in and run rough shot over everybody, but you're, I don't. You're not. You're not picking Mike Winner. No. Or big, or big Train Bart. Okay. Or Bunkhouse Buck. Oh God, no! And see, was he out in the fields earlier that day, farming? Or, or Dirty Dick Slater. Okay. Or the Yeti. Is he in it? I would tell you, but you wouldn't let me list every name. Well, that's enough out of you, friend. The Yeti uh, is in this match. Also the oh Zodiac. God. Um, yeah. The Super uh, Assassins are in there. I don't even know who that is. It's the Barbarian and the Warlord. Just under mask. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, my guess is a giant, but I don't know for sure. Chris Canyon's in it. Uh, Paul oh, Orgel really? is in it. Okay. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of names. The Disco Inferno's in it. Let's nice. go. Very nice. Um, but your normal hitters, your Ric Flair's, your Chris Benoit's, yeah. your Arn Anderson's, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Sting, uh -huh. Lex Luger also in the matchup. Uh, Kensuke Sasaki will be in it. There's a lot of names in here. VK Wall Street, obviously there's, you know, 60 guys. Eddie Guerrero's one of the names. Jumping Joey Mags, the man called Ming! Is Chono in it? Uh, Masahiro Chono is not in it. The only mm. one from the Japanese contingency is Kensuke Sasaki, the U.S. heavyweight okay. champion. Okay. Uh, but you will see more of the Japanese contingency here soon. Yes, sir. I'm psyched. All right, Wade, we talked about last week on our very confusing episode uh, where we did a bunch of, you know, just housekeeping stuff. Uh, that would be an ECW check-in week this week. Just to see what those rascals are doing in Philadelphia. Oh, they're rascals. What a freaking mess of an episode. Yeah. Even watching it on a, like a, a cut-down version. Uh, this is the ECW Hardcore Television from October, from November the 7th. Uh, following up from last week on ECW TV, Mikey Whipwreck defeated the Sandman in a ladder match yeah. to become the ECW World Heavyweight Champion and was congratulated by Cactus Jack. Uh, mm -hmm. Sandman vowed to handle it his way. We'll find out what that means throughout the episode. Uh, JT Smith took on El Puerto Ricano. Uh, JT Smith hit a slingshot. JT with a slingshot powerbomb for the win. His reward, a still bleeding Sandman comes out and attacks JT and El Puerto Ricano. So, for, for those of you who are confused on this part, the first, last week's episode of ECW Hardcore TV was the first half of the ECW live event. Then this week's episode is the second half of the show. So if you were at the event, you saw an intermission, but the intermission lasted one whole week. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> after the match, we said Sandman attacks JT and El Puerto Ricano. Our next matchup, uh, Dances with Dudley, took on Hack Myers. Hack Myers with a weird double knees face first driver thing to, to Dances with. I don't know. It was weird, but he got the win. And then Sandman came out with two kendo sticks and murdered them. Yep. Uh, we got a long recap. Of last yeah. year's November to Remember. The only I didn't watch things, any of it, sorry. So the only things to really note, last year's November to Remember is where Chris Benoit got his crippler nickname for breaking Sabu's neck. And oh, in, in, in one of my favorite ECW angles, the Sandman was presumed blind after an accident with Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer felt guilty. Woman was trying was going to cane the blinded Sandman. So Sandman is in the corner, bandages over his eyes, glasses on his face. Woman has the Singapore cane. Tommy Dreamer makes the save. Sandman reveals he's not blind and canes the ever-loving crap out of Tommy Dreamer. My favorite part of this angle 
and and Paul Heyman talked about it on one of the ECW DVDs, is during this angle, the Sandman sold this to no end. Like, he did not leave his house. He did not answer his door. Like, his wife answered the door. The Sandman He's said got a he wife? was blind. Oh, yeah, no. you... Uh, uh, actually, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, we haven't hit... We haven't hit Lori yet. You get to see Lori Fullington and the Sandman's kid at some point. And oh, wow. oh man, does it get uncomfortable. Oh, no. I it's can't the worst wait. Thing. Uh, uh, what's it called? What am I thinking of here? Dominic custody on a pole match is it worse than that? Let's just say this involved a man stealing another man's family. Oh, God. And it might involve Raven. Ooh. But I... Well, hey, I'm interested. There's so much I can't wait for with like like 1996 ECW is weird. Uh, speaking of weird, Rocco Rock took on Two Cold Scorpio for the ECW World Television Title and the ECW yes, World Tag Team Titles. That's uh, right. Before the matchup, Sandman tries to go on the attack, uh, but before he can get to Rocco Rock, Johnny Grunge makes the save, runs the Sandman into the locker room. Rocco Rock during the matchup superplexes Scorpio on the table, and that table does not give. That table says, I am the table. Uh, Rocco Rock then goes for a dive on Scorpio, but Scorpio moves, and Rocco crashes through a flaming table. Why do you keep going through fire? Uh, but then, Scorpio shows compassion and tries to put the fire out on Rocco Rock, helps Rocco to his feet. Scorpio hands the title to Rocco Rock, raises his arm, and then clotheslines him and gets the win. I love oh, yeah. it. Oh, and that was great. As he's, sell- as he's going for the pin, the Sandman comes out and attacks Johnny Grunge again. Scorpio then hands over one of the World Tag Team titles. He selects the Sandman as his World Tag Team Champion partner. So in the span of one hour, the Sandman had lost the ECW World Heavyweight title, and he's gained the ECW World Tag Team titles, and now Two Cold Scorpio has become Two Gold Scorpio, which is way better than Becky Two Belts. Fight me! Two Gold Scorpio is great. I love it, dude. Fight me! It's way better than Becky Two Belts. Yeah, this whole thing um, is so great. I love, like, unorthodox matches like this. You know, Rock Rock is defending both the titles. If Scorpio wins, he gets the tag titles and chooses his own partner. I love it, dude. And Rock Rock wins, he's the TV champion. This is such a great idea for a match. Uh, I thought this was so cool. So then, uh, my, my, my big question for all this episode, though, is how is the Sandman active and alive after that ladder match? He has a concussion. There's oh, for no sure, way dude. he doesn't have a concussion. For sure. Uh, then we go, the last ten minutes of this episode are kind of like the routine for ECW. It's the Every big giant promo package for the November to remember. Yeah. Uh, we start with Bill Alfonso and Todd Gordon's feud. We get the weakest chair shot I've ever yeah. seen on Todd Gordon. Uh, Todd Gordon and Bill Alfonso come to blows until Beulah attacks Bill. Beulah's going to be the guest referee when Todd Gordon faces Bill Alfonso. Beulah and Bill have a pull apart. And uh, I do like this because I it knowing what happens down the line, like, Beulah and Bill Alfonso is a thing to pay attention to. So, uh, for now, they don't like each other, and Bill and Bill Alfonso had some mean words to Beulah. Oh, I can't tell yes, if Beulah's he face did. or heel. I really can't tell if Beulah's face Good or question. heel. Good question. Good question. Yeah. Um, then we go to the public enemy. Uh, 
It's announced the Public Enemy are going to face Sandman and Two Gold Scorpio for the ECW World Tag Team titles. Here's the stipulation. You like convoluted matches, bro. This, is, this, this takes to what? a whole other level. Yeah, it does. So, if the Public Enemy beat Sandman and Two Gold Scorpio, they become the ECW World Tag Team Champions. If Johnny Grunt or Rocco Rock specifically pins Two Gold Scorpio, they also become the World Television Champion. And whoever scores the match on either team will face Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW World Heavyweight title. So essentially, Johnny Grunge or Rocco Rock could win the World Tag Team titles, the World Television title, and also get a shot at the World Heavyweight title. Uh, Johnny Grunge says it's more confusing than switching parole officers. I would agree. I don't know, I don't know but I would agree. Um... My, my favorite part is the public enemy is just like, man, I like Mikey. I don't want to beat him up. And they realize that's a lot of gold. All right, you hold him, Rocco. I'll punch him. <laughs> like, I love these guys, man. Uh, Steve Austin finally wakes up from his nap. He realized he missed the main event of Monday Nyquil, so that was good. And then we uh, – we, the Where end, the big boys play with each other. <laughs> I love that. That's he too missed funny, the man. bottle of Geritol on a pole match. Yep. Uh, and then we get some promos from Cactus Jack and Tommy Dreamer hyping up their matchup at the November to remember. My, my issue is the background music doesn't match the severity of these promos. Oh, yeah. It's very, like, upbeat beach music. And yeah, they like, use this music all the time. And I hate it because it doesn't, it doesn't go with the promos. Yeah. Um, and then Porky Pig Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley go, did, 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 that's all, folks. Yeah. Like, what? What just happened? Um... Thoughts on ECW? Like, I I'm glad we didn't watch that in full. Oh yeah, me too. But I'm glad we at least paid attention. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. I love seeing my boy JT Smith. That was great. Uh, Rocko Rock Two Cold Scorpio is a solid match. Two Cold Scorpio, honestly, is uh, one of my favorite. Scorpio. Yeah, Two Gold Scorpio, honestly, is one of my favorite ECW wrestlers. Uh, so. Anytime he has a prominent position like this, I, I love it. So, for what we saw was good. All right. Well, Wade, it's time for that old decision, which now I guess we can pick ties. Uh, it's, it's the Monday Night Warfare. Who won the war this week? Raw versus Nitro. You got you have it. Nitro ahead 6-1-1. I've got Nitro 6-2. Are you going to go another tie? No. <laughs> absolutely not. Nitro was... Head and shoulders above Raw this week. Nitro for the win. Yeah, Nit Nitro is my pick as well. It was a very entertaining episode. Um, there wasn't a lot of dead space. Like, like the dead space match was Renegade Taskmaster, but at least it did something. Yeah. Um, the rest of the hour was was solid. Even, like, the Hogan chaos was mm -hmm. still at least entertaining. Yeah. Um, Especially with the homeless man. Yeah. Talking was, during your promo. It was a very weird, very weird segment. Um, so we both have Nitro seven wins on the scoreboard. We'll see if Nitro can go for eight next week on the Monday Night Warfare podcast. It is three full hours of action next week, Wade. We're covering three full shows, so a lot of wrestling to cover next week. Next week on Nitro, we talked about the weirdest Hulk Hogan promo ever. Uh, just, just wait. It's so weird. Uh, oh, the Macho Man Randy um... Savage... Randy Savage against Ming, Chris Benoit against Kensuke Sasaki, World Television title Johnny B. Bad defends against Eddie Guerrero, and Sting will take on Dean Malenko. 
Next week on Raw, this is the Go Home for the Survivor Series. Hunter Hearst Helmsley against Henry O. Godwin. King Mabel against Roy Raymond. Ahmed Johnson against Jake Steele. Milton Bradley's Karate Fighter match. Vince McMahon against Jerry Lawler. Bret Hart and Dealer come face to face. And the Intercontinental Championship, Razor Ramon defends against Sid. If Razor is counted out or disqualified, he will lose the title. And the 1-2-3 kid is the guest referee. What are you looking forward to most? Or can you pick? Uh, the, the karate fighters, obviously, bro. <laughs> I mean, come on. Honestly, that's going to be really entertaining. I've never seen it before, but I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to it. Uh, the Intercontinental title match, for sure. I love the, uh, like, if he gets DQ'd or counted out, he loses. They should just do, like, New Japan and have that be the rule all the time. You know what I mean? I think that's a cool rule. Uh, I'm looking forward to the whole show of Nitro next week. Uh, the Next week, it's going to be great, dude. I'm psyched. Yeah, next week I might have to pull out a tie. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna pick, Ooh. but I <laughs> if we're if we're throwing ties out there, I might be using a tie next week. We'll see. And then and then if you needed more bang for your buck, next week on ECW Hardcore TV, two matches are signed. Conan makes his ECW in ring debut, teaming with Rey Mysterio Jr. against Psychosis and the debuting La Parka. Ooh. The future chairman of WCW is in the land of extreme where chairs are not only legal, but they're encouraged. So I like that idea. And then Tommy Dreamer with Terry Funk in his corner goes one-on-one -on -one with Cactus Jack with Raven in his corner. What a loaded lineup of man, stuff oh next man. week. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great, dude. Any lasting thoughts before we get out of here this week on the Monday Night Warfare podcast? No, sir. I, uh, I'm i just so happy that this awesome slate of things i don't know what i'm saying now his brain's all mushy it is uh i'm looking forward to next week well, we thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next week on the monday night warfare podcast get vaccinated for the love of god <laughs> <laughs>